or God feeds our souls with agate, um, the Muslims will say agate. Agate means ask, pray. And so that's the day little Gustav was born. Yes. Yes. The opening hymn, which is the insert, Yeah.
Gustav, do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Yes, I believe. Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Son of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to the living and the dead. Yes, I believe. Do you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? Yes, I believe. Prior to be baptized. Yes, I do. Adolf, Adolf, Jacob, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, birth of water and the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthened you with his grace. Amen. To show that you have received Christ to the light of the world, live always in the light of Christ, and be ever watchful for his coming with joy, and enter with him into the marriage feast. Holy baptism, God the Father, has made you a member of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir with us of all the treasures of heaven in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. In Jesus' name as our brother in Christ, that we might hear his word, receive his gifts, faces of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous Amen. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God and Father, we thank and praise you that you graciously preserve and enlarge your family and have granted Gustav the new birth and holy baptism, and made him a member of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir of your heavenly kingdom. We humbly implore you that as he has now become your child, you would keep him in his baptismal grace, that according to your good pleasure, he may faithfully grow to lead a godly life, to the praise and honor of your holy name. And finally, that all your saints obtain the promised inheritance in heaven, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue with the post-baptismal hymn, LSD 601. LSD. Amen. 
with a voice of singing, declare, proclaim this, utter it to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Oh, 
from whom all good things do come, grant to us thy humble servants, that by thy holy inspiration we may think those happy right, and by thy merciful guiding may perform the same. Through Christ thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth in the Holy Ghost, at our one God, world without end.
hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, looks at himself, and goes away, and once forgets what he was like. One who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres. He no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. Actually, who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this orphans and widows in their affliction, and health unspotted from the world.
who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I am even one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Choir sing stanzas one, three, and five, two inches to twenty-six.
by faith apart from the deeds of the law, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. For by grace you have been saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. To him who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. But we believe we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus. And this is the gospel. This is the good news of who God is. We do not come to know God by what we do, but by what he has done for us. We know him in Christ. We know the Father's love when we believe that the Father sent him to save us from sin and death. And this gospel, this good news, frees you from bondage to sin. It changes you. It makes you a new person. When we are bound by a sin, we're bound by sin. We can't pray to God. We can't approach him. We're too afraid to. We run away from him like Adam and Eve hid themselves. We doubt whether God hears. And, and one who doubts can't suppose that he receives anything from God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? There is the popular saying that there are no atheists in a foxhole. In the middle of war, people get scared and they cry out to God. And I don't mean to belittle any experience that a person has in war. But unless a person has heard the gospel and believed it, he is simply crying out to whatever God his mind fashions and imagines. Not so the Christian. God has revealed himself to us. He has shown himself to us in the same way that he just showed himself to little Gustav in baptism. He showed himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He gave him a name. He changed that little baby. The gospel removes all doubt from our hearts. It replaces the thoughts of men with the thoughts of God. The doubt and unbelief come from sin that dwells in us. Jesus takes your sin away. Just as he bore it on Calvary's cross, so now he removes it from you through the word of truth. He speaks with the authority of him who bore your sin's punishment and paid its wages with his own death. Whatever sin you feel has no right to torture you since Jesus has borne the torment it brings. Whatever guilt burdens you, Jesus is Christ's to take and cast into the depths of the sea. Whatever fear is in your conscience because of your mortality or your wasted days, Jesus attacks that fear with his gospel of peace and forgiveness that promises resurrection for the dead and eternal life. And it points you ahead. It gives you a different view of life, a different attitude. Whatever obstacle you see between you and God, between you and eternal life, Jesus has removed. And there stands now only Jesus between you and the maker of all things. And Jesus is the only judge who says to you, as I just said, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me shall not see judgment, but has passed from death into life. That means that when you believe in Jesus, you are alive. Alive from the dead. And so here is a mirror for you to look into. The gospel. It's a different mirror from the law. We all, you know, we often talk about the mirror as a law. By the law is the knowledge of sin. You learn the three uses of the law in catechism class. The curb, the mirror, and the guide. 
The mirror shows you what righteousness is, what love is according to the law. And you look at that mirror and it reflects back on you what the law says about you. Whether you have loved God or not. Whether you have loved your neighbor as yourself. But this law does not save us. This law does not reveal to us the righteousness that saves us. It reveals to us a righteousness and a glory that we have fallen short of. The law of liberty is not, that James speaks about in our epistle, the perfect law of liberty is not the law of Moses or the Ten Commandments. The law of Moses is called in 2 Corinthians 3 the ministry of death and of condemnation. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in to do all the things written in the book of the law. But Christ Jesus redeemed, rescued us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And he was on the tree beneath the law that condemns you, but he bore the punishment, bore the curse. He fulfilled, perfected, completed the law of Moses so that now he has a different law, a different word of freedom and liberty to speak to you, and he does. Now, James uses the word law, as the Hebrews would, as a word of God. So often in the Old Testament, the law is just simply the Old Testament. It just means the word of God. Or it means the first five books of Moses, which contain both law, that is, the Ten Commandments, and gospel. And so Paul does the same thing in Romans 3, where he talks about the law of faith, which is obviously not the Ten Commandments. And, and he also does this in Romans 8, when he says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And you see clearly that Paul doesn't mean the Ten Commandments or your attempts to do them has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's just not the case. The law of sin and death is Moses' law that was given on Mount Sinai with thunder and lightning and fear and threats of death that reveals sin and condemns sinners to death. As Moses says, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Who knows the power of your wrath? We are consumed by your anger. That is the law of Moses. But the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And this law of the spirit of life, which the Holy Spirit speaks to us, is the perfect law of liberty which James had called the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, just a few verses before. And this is the law that perfects you with the freedom for which Christ has set you free. And this is the law that shows you the way to heaven. Therefore, you must look into this perfect law of liberty as into a mirror. Look at the gospel and see Christ, and you will see yourself. Look into your baptism and you will see Christ's death and resurrection for you and you will see yourself clothed in him as the scripture says as many of us as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Look into this law that is not imperfect, that is not incomplete, but is fulfilled perfect because it perfects you with the righteousness of Christ. With his obedience, his life. And don't forget we forget. We are sinners. People say ignorance is bliss, but ignorance of this is not bliss. 
It is eternal separation from God. There is a horrible, horrible false doctrine that is taught many churches in Laramie and throughout the United States that if once a person gets saved, then he must always be saved. That is, he cannot fall away. And this is directly contrary to Jesus' own words when he describes the seed falling in the rock and says, this is those who hear the word and receive it with joy, but after they they believe for a while, they fall away. People forget. They hear and they forget because they don't do the word. It goes in one ear, they assent to it, they say their confirmation vows, they go through the motions, and it doesn't change them. No new life comes from them, which means that they never and don't truly believe in the word. They could have once believed it, but they forget. They go and look at themselves in the mirror and then walk away and forget that their face was dirty and they should have washed it. Do not be a hearer who forgets. Who forgets who you are and what you look like. What do you look like when you look in the mirror? Which mirror are you looking into? Jesus warns us of being hearers and not doers of the word when he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Here, Jesus gives a stark warning about those who are hearers but not doers of the word. Now, it doesn't mean, note, that they didn't do anything. No. They did a lot. They prophesied. They cast out demons. They did miracles. Right? They did a lot of what they thought was in Jesus' name. They said, Lord, Lord. But their works meant nothing because it did not come from faith in the gospel. They didn't look into the perfect law of liberty. They looked only to their own works. They used Jesus' name only to promote themselves. They enjoyed the prestige that sometimes comes with the gospel, at least superficially. They forgot what that good news was. And so they did not continue, persevere, to repent of their sins and use that perfect law of liberty for what it is. Forgiveness of sin and freedom from it. But the implanted word, the word that is planted in your heart, the perfect law of liberty, the good news of the forgiveness of sins, when it falls on good soil, that is a broken and contrite heart, an honest heart (coughs) is kept in a good and honest heart and bears fruit. Now a good and honest heart is a heart that confesses sin. A good and honest heart is a heart that is made clean by the blood of Jesus. A good and honest heart is not a heart that forgets who you are and goes and makes friendship with the world as if the world could give you the right perspective on life or lead you anywhere but into the grave. This is why James says, whoever peers into the perfect law of liberty, and the Greek word for this is is parakipsas, parakipsas, and it means to stoop down to bend over and peer into. It means to get down and humble yourself. It is a humbling thing to peer 
into a mirror and see all sorts of dirty and ugly spots. But it is a joyful thing to find the water and blood of Christ in the perfect law of liberty that washes you clean, that cleanses the repentant from all their sins, so that he presents you to himself a glorious bride having neither spot nor wrinkle nor any such thing. An honest heart continues to confess sin. I've had this conversation with myself and with many people. I just had it with Emmanuel the other day. We went on a hike. You really can't get away from repenting. That's another reason why this uh, doctrine of once saved, always saved is so awful. Because it tempts people to believe that, hey, I already got saved. I'm doing okay. I don't need to continue to recognize that I'm a sinner. Only sinners humble themselves and look down into the perfect law of liberty. And it's only those hearts which are honest and don't deceive themselves. Do not be hearers of the word and not doers deceiving yourselves. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. Being a doer of the word means applying it to your life. It is precisely when you humble yourself and stoop down below the glory of this world and all your own accomplishments that you find and see who you are in Christ. Bob Moses makes you question who you are, tells you that you are a sinner who deserve God's wrath and for him to push you away from him forever. You see, however, in the perfect law of liberty, a child of God. You hear the word. You hear the word and you believe it. And you act like you believe it. To be a doer of the word is for your faith to pray the word. To base your life upon it. To walk in it. We are children of the light. We walk in that light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That means you're walking with that word. Telling you who you are. Guiding you. Teaching you. You don't forget who you are. You say, Our Father. With this, you are saying not only that you are a child of God, but that you aren't alone. You are a member of the Holy Christian Church. The beginning of the Lord's Prayer teaches you, reminds you, tenderly invites you to believe who you are. God's true children. Who can boldly and confidently ask Him for everything that they need. So when you pray, you are doing the Word. When you don't pray, you are forgetting who you are. You cannot be a Christian and not pray. It's impossible. You're forgetting who you are. Now, it's not to say that prayer is a means of grace. Prayer is a work that you do. It's faith exercising itself. But prayer, it has this particular peculiarity in that everything you do in prayer is on the basis of God's word. How can you call God Father? Because God made you his child in baptism. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as were baptized in the Christ have put on Christ. How can you pray for help against sin? Well, only through the word of God that tells you what sin is and how Jesus died for sin and helped you. How can you pray for help against a world that is opposed to your faith in Christ? 
Only by relying upon that word that says in the world you will have tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. You see, fear is faith exercising itself God's word. It is doing the work. To be a doer of the word is for your faith to pray the word. There is so much in those words, our Father. It is a statement of faith. When you doubt that you are God's child because you have sinned, confess those sins. Confess them. Cry out, our Father. I remember what you said. You called me your child. Into the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I may have walked away, but you didn't walk away from me. You can't lie as men do. With these words, God tenderly invites you to believe that he is your true Father. When you pray, you are remembering who you are. You are continuing to look at that perfect law of liberty. And you are remembering God's precious promises to you. Listen to this from Hebrews. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That's undeserved love, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And again, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive, uh, uh, let us with a, draw near with a true heart to God. And again, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? And again, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. And again, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. For to him who asks, it shall be given. And whoever seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door shall be opened. God does not speak these words to you in vain. He speaks them to you. You. Because he made you alive from the dead. He doesn't leave you with no defense. He leaves you with the right to be called the children of God. So we are. The gospel teaches you that God gave his most precious treasure for you. The perfect law of liberty teaches you that you are not a slave to sin, but are freed from it by the blood and death of Christ on your behalf. The word implanted in Gustav today is the word implanted in your heart. And it teaches you who God is in Christ and who you are in Christ. A child of God, I will never forget. And I encourage you, if there is a sin bothering you, go to your pastor and confess it and receive forgiveness from God. That's what Jesus says. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. I was at seminary and the devil was particularly attacking me. And I went to a pastor to confess my sins. And the first thing he said to me after I had confessed my sins and asked for grace is he said, Mark, you are a child of God. And I burst into tears to hear that from him. And then he forgave me. He pointed me to who I was, and he pointed me to that perfect law of liberty. And he did not let my own thoughts and my own sin define me, or the law of Moses define me. But he let my Jesus define me. Because when you look into your baptism, when you return to it and confess your sins, and you see reflected in that water Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in whose image you are made. So you want to do the will of your Father in heaven because you're going to Him. Our whole life is just walking and going to the Father just as Christ was. His will is that you believe in Christ and grow in the grace and knowledge of your Savior. But you will not grow if you forget who you are. 
if you forget that you were cleansed from your former sins, if you deceive yourself and say you have no sin, or that you don't need this perfect law of liberty that Christ speaks to you, you will forget if you stop going to church. You will forget if you don't even talk about Jesus at home or those whom you love. You will forget when you only hear the word and don't do it. You will forget when you don't pray. You will forget when you don't humble yourself and peer down into that perfect law of liberty. Therefore, let anyone who looks in the mirror and sees sin not use this as an excuse to run away like the world does, to avoid church, but turn to this mirror of the image of Christ, to the crucified, to the one who died for sinners and loves them still. Because this image of Christ is reflected in the water of your baptism, a beautiful pool. When you look at it, you see Christ because Christ is there. It is your sins being washed away and a new creature created in the image of God, which is Christ, who is the express image of God's person and took upon himself our flesh, overcame our sin and rose from the dead, pure and perfect and holy, and he shows us the way. Through trial and pain and suffering, he shows us the way. And it is a way of not forgetting who we are, but looking at who we are in him. And this new creature, who is born of God, prays to God. That little Gustav came and you say Gustav, where is Gustav anyway? Oh, thank you. You say he can't pray? Babies pray more than we do. They're constantly whining for things for their, from their parents. They are totally unashamed to show themselves soiled, helpless, and needy. And to cry and whine until they get the food they need. And unless you enter the kingdom of heaven like a little child, you won't enter it. And so you pray to God, you whine, you cry, you say, Daddy, give me what I need. Remind me who I am. I expect good from you because you've never lied to me. I don't care how much bad I expect from the world or even from myself. I can't expect bad from God. Even the trials he sends to me are good for me. And so we apply his words to our life. You need his word. That's hallowed be thy name. How is God's name kept holy? Only by his word. Everything is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. You need faith. Is there anyone here who thinks, no, my faith's all right. I got enough faith. Don't you want more? That's his kingdom coming. You want Christ to rule in your life and your heart. You need his will to be done. Because you see it not done in your life and in the world around you. You don't need tons of riches. that are moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. You just need daily bread. And you need thankfulness for it and contentment with that. You don't need power over others. You don't need revenge. You need forgiveness as you need to forgive. You don't need success in the glory of the world. You need to be saved in times of trial and temptation. You don't need what the world exalts, what your flesh desires, 
only to destroy yourself with. You need to be delivered from all evil, body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when your last hour comes, you need to be taken from this veil of tears to that place which you have been looking forward to since the day you were baptized, to the Father who loves you, who loves to hear from you. You need what God promises to give you and what you can claim in prayer when you do the word. He promises and he cannot lie. Therefore, brothers and sisters, what a beautiful day it is this Easter season. I love being a Lutheran and celebrating Easter week after week after week and reminding myself and all of you that just as Christ is risen from the dead, so we too are risen from sin and death. And we are only waiting a little while until we see what we now see by faith. If you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, if you have believed that God in Christ forgives you your sins truly, freely, if you have seen yourself by faith in the gospel the way God sees you in Christ, holy and without blemish, pure and radiant, then stoop down again today. Bow down at this altar and peer into the mysteries of God, into that perfect law of liberty, and wash your soul in Christ's blood and see again who you are. And cling to that word which tells you sin doesn't rule over you, but mercy does. And then let this mercy shine in your life. Ask for it. Ask for great and holy things. Ask for the word you need more than any riches. Ask for the faith you need that you feel is so weak and often faltering. Ask for God's will against your sinful flesh. Ask for forgiveness that moves your heart to forgive others. Ask for what you need in this life. Casting all your cares on him who cares for you. Ask for contentment and thanksgiving. Ask for love and joy and peace and patience and self-control. Ask for deliverance from temptation and patience and endurance and perseverance and suffering and trial. Ask for rescue from every evil and believe that what you have and believe that you have received it and you have. God cannot lie. Amen means yes, yes, it shall be so. Whatever you ask in Jesus' name, that is because of who he is, is yours. If God so did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Let us hear this word, let us believe it, and let us act accordingly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Jesus and for all people. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give thee thanks for all thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son and for the revelation of thy will and grace. And we beseech thee so to implant thy word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient well-doing. Lord, in thy mercy. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church captain with all its pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened, charity increased in us toward all mankind, and thy kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into thy harvest, and sustain those whom thou hast sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in thy mercy. Grant also health and prosperity to all that are in authority especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates, and in them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wicked. We may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in thy mercy. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in thy mercy. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, for widows and orphans, and especially for those who are suffering for thy names and for thy truth's sake, comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions, as the manifestation of thy Father, the Lord, in thy mercy. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger, body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show thyself a very present help, a Savior of all men, especially of them that believe. Lord, in thy mercy. Amen. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian John to all lawful occupations on land and sea, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessing, Lord, in thy mercy. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before thee, that thou hast purchased us to be thine own, that we may live unto thee. These and whatsoever other things thou wouldst have us ask of thee, O God, grant unto us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thy only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, for one God, world without end. Amen.
precious blood, whereby we may strengthen you, keep you steadfast in life everlasting, heart of peace. Amen.
why he made full satisfaction for steadfast in the true faith to life everlasting heart in his peace Oh, uh-huh.
body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day that is coming, we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has been, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.